The following conversation is real. It took place on Tuesday, June 8th of 2004 between a Blonde Star advisor and a subscriber. Blonde Star emergency. This is Steve. Is there an emergency in your vehicle? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I've locked myself in my car, and the keys are on the outside. Ma'am. Oh, my God. Ma'am, I need you to calm down. Okay. It's, it's just that the windows are rolled up, and I'm starting to sweat. My keys are on the outside. Now, your keys are on the outside of the vehicle? Yes. Oh, my God. Now, does your car have automatic locks, or? Uh, yes, 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 okay, yes. Okay, here's what I need you to do. Take hold of the inside of your door handle there. Are you doing this? Um. The shiny thing. Grab the oh, shiny thing. I, okay, I've got it. I've got it. Okay, now give that a tug. Okay. Did it open? Yes. Oh, my God. Thank you. Okay, now what is that noise? Oh, that's my door alarm. Yeah, but that only happens if the keys are in the ignition, hun. Oh, my God. You know what? Your keys are actually in your ignition. Yes. Okay. Oh my God! Thank you so much, Blonde Star. That's why we're here. Do you need anything? Else? Blonde Star. No, that's always here. on, because you're always blonde. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Disgusting. This is madness. This is the booth. Staring down, looking at the blood stained concrete. You're the dead MC, flying at my feet. You took a nine millimeter rhyme straight to your mind. Damn, my better split. This is my time, so I make my way up the block. Get to home base and lock that. Uh. Crack the Cavassier and grab the phone. Call one of my troops up. Hope the soldiers when he says, Yo, what's up? What's going on? Make it quick, cause I'm trying to get my stellar on. Go. Yo, girl, I'm in the. These lyrical assassins tried to pull a hit and then boom, came a noise from the other room. It was the boys in blue with the SWAT crew. They got us locked up for lyrical murder. It's one of them charges that you never heard of. It's the booth, the booth, the booth, the booth. Yeah, it's the booth, the booth, the booth. Yeah, we're killing all your podcasts like the HIV virus. You want to battle this kid? Huh, don't even try this. Back the uh. up, think again, count to ten. You want to grab that mic just to get done in? It's the booth. The booth. The booth. The booth. Yeah, it's the booth. The booth. The booth. The booth. Yeah, it's the booth. It's your boy Citizen so One broadcasting live from the city of champions. You are listening to the booth. It is 7.03 p.m. and it is August 31st, and we are flying along. And this is gonna be a special two-hour show tonight. Uh, because we had a lot of stuff go down here in the sports world in the New England area. Big news. So I'm kind of when I get into the sports booth tonight, I'm kind of gonna hold back because I got a special guest, Kevin Tachi, coming on with me tonight. Uh, but I gotta thank last week's guest. Last week's guest, Mike Pachan of Mountain Made CBD. He was on the show last week. It was a great friggin' show. A lot of information about marijuana and CBD and the hypocrisy of it and how much of it's a big, 
you know, like it's a big merchandising thing right now and how it's being accepted everywhere. So it was a great episode. If you want to check it out, it's on, on YouTube, it's on Facebook. Check out the past shows. Um, but I got a couple of guests on this week, and I got a video to show you guys. But you know what? I, I, was, I, I'm going, I was going back and forth to decide as to how and where and when I was going to show this video. Actually, I said I was going to show it before they came on. And then I think I, I thought about it. I said, you know what? I think I'll show it when I close out this uh, interview with them so you guys can really see the impact. But if you guys are looking over to my left, my two guests on here, you guys have seen their faces before. You've seen them when Van has come on and talked about them on this show several times. Jason Nichols and Katie L.A. Dubs, she's on here right now with us. The, the two of them are out there in San Diego. And, you know, the first thing I got to talk about is thank you guys. I am so blessed for having you two guys come on this show on kind of a short notice after last week. Last week was the you know the big music awards out there, and it was a very emotional scene that people will see when I show this video of Black Hesher taking home. As you guys see my shirt on right here, showing support. My San Diablo All-Stars Cup that I have with me every week when I do my show. I told everybody when I do my show every week, I got my cup here for Van, and um, I got my Oscar Mike Radio hat for my man, Travis Prodington, who messed up his knee, and he's got a year of rehab. But these guys here had a very emotional week last week. And, and Jason and Katie, you guys have been really pushing and making sure everybody voted to begin with. When when Van was nominated, when this album was nominated for the San Diego Music Awards, uh, you guys jumped right on it. Who was notified first? Was it you, Katie, or was it you, Jason? Uh, we actually watched it um, live when they were, they had like they went live and were announcing the nominations and so we were watching it at the same time. I think I was at work and he was at home, so we both found out at the same time. What was that feeling like at first? Because San Diego is that's a that's a tough music. It's like Boston. It's very competitive. You know, even just to get that nod is is crazy. A lot of music out here. Um... It was an amazing feeling to know that he got nominated, you know? Yeah, and it's, you know, it's something, and it's funny because I tell people, I knew Van since he was little. And when I first met Van, when he was little, he told me he was going to be this rock star, rock star, rap star who was going to win awards. And I was like, yeah, kid, you know, it's never going to happen. And then as I followed him making music and I saw that this kid had talent and then he became older and, you know, we stayed in touch and, you know, the music he used to send me was just unbelievable. Um, it does not surprise me that he took home this award um, in San Diego. doesn't surprise me at all. Um, this record he was really proud of when um, he was talking about this stuff. Uh, some of the last stuff we talked about, you know, Van would hit me up when he would find record stores, two, three in the morning. He'd say, hey, look what I found in this record store. And it'd just be some crazy obscure record that he said he would sample he was gonna sample it and you know we, we go into some of the music that you guys did you go into like hatchback where he takes a song like hatchback and he samples a little nugget of the humpty dance and almost kind of makes it his own you know and that was kind of the way van was with his music he was way ahead of his time i feel like van was the eminem before eminem for you guys, you know, you guys got to spend that last little bit of time with him. What was it like being with Van during this time and putting this project together and getting it out? Uh, the record was a lot of work. Um, he put a lot of work into it. And he would send me the files. I spent a lot of time 
mixing, mastering, whatever. Um, but we had a lot going on up until that happened. Um, flew back to New Hampshire shortly before uh, we passed. Um, we had, had some stuff lined up. So everything, you know, was exciting at the time. And we just got to keep it going. Exactly. And that's the whole thing that we're here for. We're here to keep that going. Now, you said he was sending you files of the music. And Van would always have something that would just blow me away when it was a track-wise. Was there anything that when you got it, it was like, holy shit, and just kind of blew you away off this off this project, this album? That, that everything, everything, everything he sent. Um, started with Fireflies. Uh, just kept going from there. Magnetic. Night. Uh, late night definitely blew me away. Yeah. Um, I added a couple of things to it, and he was just like, ah, oh, sounds, you know, so we just kept rolling with it like that. But yeah, no, the songs were amazing when he sent them. Nice. And Katie, I want you to talk about how you came to be to meet with Van and how you got involved. Because he, you know, before he passed, you know, one of the biggest female people he was supporting was you. You know, every time he went on Van's page, every time Van was talking, you know, everything out there was Katie, 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 Katie. And, you know, everybody was like, well, who's this Katie? You know, we've seen her, but the, you know, the music. And just let us know how that relationship came to be, and how that formed. Yeah, well, I met Van um, about probably like five and a half years ago now. And he's actually the one that got me into making music. Uh, he originally sent me a beat and had me write a song for him back when he was going under um, Shem. And uh, yeah, and so I wrote a song for him um, that he ended up calling it 100. And um, it was really a really cool feeling. And so uh, we got a lot closer when I moved to San Diego about two years ago. And uh, he helped me uh, immensely like making my first album. And we made that, you know, over over the last uh, like year and a half. and I dropped my first album in February and he was like, you know, him and Jason were my number one supporters that helped me put that, that together. And we had a lot of, a lot of big plans, you know, coming up and me and Jay are going to still carry those on in his memory. Nice, nice. And keep that going. So Jason, please tell me you've secured his music. <laughs> Cause that's what I was wondering. I'm like, I hope Jason's that guy that can, kind of legally get his music so nobody else gets it so all the right stuff is done with it is there any process or have you already locked that down nice 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 i'm glad to hear that i've been i was so scared so worried um and to be honest i've actually had some people out here that hit me up i had a kid that hit me up he said that he had did some music with van and he has it on on a dat dat track back old school and he said uh his machine is broken. I said, look, I says, if I can find a way to get that music from you, I says, I have exactly the perfect guy, which is you, who would love to friggin' hear whatever you guys did together. He said they did this music like almost 15 years ago. And I said, knowing Van, he's got some gems in whatever him and this kid has. So I'll, I'm going to reach out to this kid on Facebook who hit me up. And um, it was just on my personal page just this week. And he said that he had some dat stuff. Um, I don't know if you're able to get a DAT machine and maybe he can send you those tracks or I don't know. I'll look into it. Yeah. That's, that's our old school. 
Oh, it's <laughs> wicked old school. <laughs> wicked old school. So it just goes to tell everybody, you know, how long Van was actually doing music for. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about this award that you guys were out there for when you guys went up to accept it. Um, like I said, I've got a video that I'm going to show everybody. But as I watched, I'm just going to say, you know, you can't hide true emotion. And, you know, when they announced the winner and I saw you guys walking up as just as a family, you could see it. You could feel it. You could you could just sense it. You go. You guys are walking up to that stage and you get up there and, you know, Jason gets the award and then Jason, you could see it, Jason. I could see it in your face. You know, it's like, oh, my God, did this. But then again, it's like, but he's not freaking here, you know, and you see it in your face. And I and I know that emotion. I know that feeling. I know what it is. Can you just kind of talk us through that and how you were able to just keep it together and push through? Because I saw it. I, it's, it's right there for everyone to see. Um. Going into it, I wanted to write a speech, you know, do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And get up there, and but I, I couldn't do it. Um, so kind of driving there, kind of know what I got to say. You know, it's pretty pretty cut and dry. Um, but walking up there with everybody definitely was an amazing feeling. You know what I mean? Like just kind of, but at the same time, like you said, bittersweet. He's not here. So. <clears throat> getting up in front of all those people and trying to remember everything. I didn't have to try. It just kind of happened, but <coughs> yeah, there was a moment I got choked up. Uh, you can hear it. I clear my throat. I told Mike and John to stand next to me just in case I buckle. And if I walk away from the mic, then just take over. Uh, but everything kind of happened the way it was supposed to happen. I think everybody had the same exact emotion on the stage. Um, happy, sad, just all of the emotions that you would think would be happening at that time. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. So how, so I got to ask you guys this now. How do we keep this cult wave going? How do we keep Van's dream and music going? What, what do we do now? What do you need from everybody who loved Van's music and loved Van? Um, I mean... Pretty much everyone's already doing what we need them to do. Just continuing to support, like share, share our stuff, listen, you know, um, support the merch. Uh, we are still have Van's merch page up. Like people can still buy his merch and that all goes to his family. Um, all the money for that. And then all the cult music, like stuff that goes to continuing cult music. And we have a, a bunch of bands, a bunch of artists um, that, you know, we would love you to continue to support and that continues to support him and his dreams. And to be honest, if, if, if anybody hasn't said it to you guys yet, I'm going to say it to you guys right now. I'm going to say thank you from the bottom of my heart in regards to his merch. Cause when he passed away, it was a shock to everybody, to everybody. It was a complete utter shock. When I got that, that message, you know, cause I had just, I had just talked to the guy eight hours previous and we had a laugh about, the Ice Cube video using Muppets in the Ice Cube video. And I said, man, I says, Ice Cube just stole your idea. And he laughed. He goes, I know, I just saw. I said, wow, I said, you should sue him. You know, you should go after him. We had this whole laugh. And then I go to bed and then I wake up in the morning and then I get the message that Van had passed. I'm like, no way. I says, I just talked to him. I said, this is a joke. This is just one of Van's things. And it wasn't. And it sucks. So from the bottom of my heart, you guys stepped up 
and took control of that site and got the merch up at the time when people really wanted to connect to Van and get that merch. I'm not going to lie. I wanted, I had a shirt. I had a Sinister One beanie and Van was supposed to come to the East Coast and we were going to trade my beanie for a Black Hesher shirt. And when he passed away, I said, oh, no, no, I'm still getting my Black Hesher shirt by hook or by effing crook. And you guys took that site over. And I want to say it was within a week or two of his passing that you guys addressed everybody, let everybody know that that merch is going to still be available. And if you want the stuff, get out there and support it. And I put my order in. I put my order in for my mug. I put the order in for my shirt because I wasn't going to let Van and you guys down. So I got to give you a big thank you from the bottom of my friggin' heart. If nobody's told you yet, thank you for that because that helped a lot of us during a real, I don't think you realize this. It helped a lot of us during a real troubling time. And I don't know if you're aware of that because I just got to say that from the bottom of my heart. I was, I was able to get that piece of van that, that I lost in a, in a matter of a week or two when, when I needed it. And when that package came in the mail, um, I was, I was so happy, you know? So I just want to give big props to you guys for getting that set up. Um, Katie, if you were the one that got the shipping and all that stuff done, big props to you too. Um, cause I, I don't, I, I don't know if anybody's ever told you that, but I'm letting you know that right now from anybody who ordered from the site. Cause I pretty much feel they feel the same way. So, um, again, can you guys talk about where people can still order this merch from and music and, and anything yeah. else? Um, yeah, I just go to blackhesher.com and you can order all his merch. And then um, we also have an Etsy page for cult music that has me and Jason's merch on it, along with some cult music merch. Um, we just got some new merch up there, actually. So um, definitely support that. And um, we definitely appreciate that. I think it helped us because me and Jason came together during that first week, you know, after he died and and it was helpful for us to put all this stuff together and find like figure out all the passwords to everything and get everything up and running again um because you know it was a tough time for us and it felt good to be actively keeping everyone connected to him mm. and, and, I, and I thank you it, uh, anything you want to add to that jason no katie had a lot to do with the merch She's playing it down right now, but she, as far as the Black Hesher site goes, she jumped in. She handled a lot of the orders. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna point that out. Well, I just say you, you have no idea because I know the orders were coming off that page once we found out that the, you know that, and I know it had to be hard. I know it had to be hard to be sitting there and, and just trying to go through that stuff. But again, I applaud you. If nobody ever said thank you yet, I'm letting you know from everybody who ordered stuff from that site during that time. That's for you, Katie. I'm just telling you right now. People people in the chat, you can drop your hot emojis. Drop whatever you want for Katie right now because um, we were able to connect and get what we wanted. Um, as far as music, um, we know that Van did a lot of music with people. So, Jason, I'm officially going to say you're the contact. If anybody has any music out there. That, that they did with Van and they feel like somebody needs to have it, you're the guy, right? I'm going to make that official. Yeah. All right. I'm going to make Jason. So anybody out there who's listening to this show, if you did some tracks with Van here in Brockton, the did tracks with Van anywhere, 
Jason Nichols is the guy. How do they get to you on Instagram, Facebook? What's the best way to reach you, man? Facebook Messenger, probably the best way. Jason Nichols. So hit them up. Get that music to him. I'm going to find the guy that told me the story about the DAP music. If we can figure this out, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got some gems on here. And um, <laughs> who knows? We could be blessed with another project, you know, from, from Van. And and who knows? We could try to go for another hip-hop award next year <laughs> and see what we do there. But, uh, we still we have fo- the San Diablo album, so that's going to get some this year. Um, the well, last thing he recorded out here. Well, let me know, because let me see what I can do, because I'd love to get that into some avenues here. Um, We talked a little bit off air how I was upset at the fact that none of the Boston Music Awards around here even gave him a nod. I know a lot of these awards around here you have to submit, but there are some that they just pick from from their knowledge of the music in this area. And Van wasn't even nominated for anything in Boston or Brockton area. So I'm just totally kind of pissed off about that. So maybe, maybe for this San Diablo All-Stars project, which has some bangers on it to be honest i might just be relentless and if i have to submit this album out here in his name then then we will have to do it out here and get that submitted because you can't do it out there so we'll, we'll do what we can um and get van what he needs to have done here and i'm pretty sure everybody that's involved with cult music and the wave that's watching this show right now they'll make sure that when the word gets out there to be nominated because that that's, and real quick before I let you guys go, that San Diablo project, that music is completely different than what Van Van's always been different. He's always been an innovator. What are your thoughts on this whole? Like he changed everything up with this. What were your thoughts on it? Was that? I'm going to start by saying the music is actually done by Michael Fairchild. Oh, okay. Yeah, from um, Spice Pistols and Bathwater Babies. Okay. So he, he produced the albums. Um, he spent the time cutting cutting stuff up. Um, so there's that. Uh, Van and I just kind of rapped on it. <laughs> oh, okay. Because, like, the Kojak track had a Van feel to it. Van used to do stuff kind of like that back in the day. The Kojak, right. um, the Hatchback. That 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 whole San Diablo album is just crazy, and I could just see Van just you know slobbering over those tracks with that same type of feel that he has. So, look, I I I would definitely do my best to try to get that <laughs> nominated out here. So we still got this project to look down to. Um, so again, um, everybody's agreeing with me in the chat. They're all saying thank you, uh, Devin Keith. Big shout out to Devin Keith. Devin Keith is actually dropping links in the live chat for everybody to blackcasher.com and cultmusic.com. Um, so again, I got to thank Katie and Jason for coming on this show. I know it was a tough time. Um, I'm going to let these guys shout out their, um, their social media. And then after when they're done with their social media, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to let these guys go, but I'm going to show you guys the clip from the San Diego music awards, which is when they talk about who the nominees are. And then when these guys go up and it'll be Jason's speech and then we'll be back after that. But, um, Guys, real quick, social media and how they can follow you guys. Uh, Instagram, um, at Cult Music Media, and that's um, C-U-L-T-M-U-Z-I-C, and then media. And then for me, at Kayla Dubs, L-A-D-U-B-Z. Those are both Instagram, and then you can find us, Cult Music Media and Katie LaDubs on Facebook. All right, one more time, Jason, for everybody, so they can get your stuff. 
Stump is J Andrew Music on Instagram, J Andrew on Facebook. Uh, but go to cultmusic.com, C U L T M U Z I C. All the music's there, every artist, Kayla Dubs, myself, Black Hesher, San Diablo, Diastro, um, Ill Temper, uh, Bathwater Babies, so many people there. Uh, if I'm leaving anything out, I'm sorry, but go to cultmusic.com. That's where all the music is. You can listen for free. Uh, you can support however you'd like. Um, some of the albums are free, uh, but cultmusic.com. All right, cool. And real quick, hey, have you guys ever thought about doing anything for Van, like a yearly thing, like a yearly event? That mm -hmm. is that coming? All right, cool. Because I'd like to be notified when that comes, because um, I think I'd like to be out there when that happens for that first annual event. If so, so keep keep me in the loop. Absolutely. All right. So, guys, we're going to take a quick break here with these guys. Uh, I'm going to get ready to let them get out of here. But when I take this break, as I said, I'm going to actually show you guys a clip from the San Diego Music Awards. It's it's a tough watch. If you haven't seen it yet and you know Van, it's a tough watch. But here it is. We'll be back with more booth after this. Congratulations to everyone and thank you for everyone for being out here and for supporting local music. Thank you for supporting San Diego artists out here, especially during this very difficult time where a lot of artists were shut down. So keep supporting local music. And we are out here. I'm here with Abby and we are here to award the best hip hop or rap album. This category is for the best collection of songs which rhythmically blend beats, DJing, in lyrical wordplay, aka rap. And the nominees are. The nominees in the category of best hip hop or rap album are Black Hesher, Saints and Sirens, Bloodstone, The Street Preacher, The Chosen One, General Jihad and Prime Minister Peanuts, self titled. I.D. The Poet, Work Epic 3, PCH and Evolve 1, Without Beginning, Beethoven, Bigger Vibes, Vocab Company, Small Victories. And the award goes to... Black Hesher, Saints and How y'all doing tonight? I'm up here with some of the cult music family um, accepting this award for Black Hesher Van Bates. Unfortunately, he passed away back in April, so we're here accepting on his behalf. Um, we put a lot, of, a lot of effort, a lot of work into that album, and he was very proud of it. <clears throat> 
Um, and it meant the world to him to be recognized on this level by all of you, by San Diego, by the rest of the country. Um, so on behalf of Van Bates, his family, his friends, all of you, the rest of Cult Music, I want to say thank you. It meant the world to him. He may not be here tonight physically, but his spirit is here. And he's smiling. Thank you. Hey, let's hear it for Black Hatcher! Thank you, Black Hatcher! All right, your boys, this is one broadcasting live from the City of Champions. You are listening to The Booth. I'm back here in The Booth. I want to thank Jason Nichols and KDLA Dubs for being on with us. And I'm um, sorry for those who aren't friends with me on Facebook. Um, my stream tonight was set to just my friends. Only my friends could see it. Uh, it wasn't set to public. So for those who didn't get to see it, you can see it now. I just went and reset the settings. I apologize. Um, if you missed part of this show in the beginning, um, you can watch it on YouTube and Facebook. So, again, I apologize to anyone who's watching this show that's not friends with me on Facebook who kind of missed that, missed out on that. Um, I got to give a big funny shout-out before I get into my sponsors of this show. <laughs> I got to give a shout-out to the country. I got to give a shout-out to India. <laughs> and people are probably wondering... Why is Sinister One giving a shout-out to India? Well, the reason why I'm giving a shout-out to those who might be watching this show or listening to this show in India is because (laughs) for the last month of this show being broadcasted live over the internet, 70% of the viewers and people who like the show are from India. United States is second place. So I have more people watching and viewing this show in India for some reason than there are here in the freaking US, which is is blowing my mind. I checked my I checked my podcast stats. I checked my YouTube well YouTube stats um it, it's here. U.S. U.S. ratings is good here, <clears throat> but as far as the podcast goes, if you're listening to the podcast audio, <laughs> India is where the statistics are up high. I should have took a screenshot of the graphics to show you guys how much higher it is. All I can picture is that there's some kid with like a ten year old iPod listening to this podcast over there. <laughs> Laughing at Sinister One and saying, you know, that Sinister One's a funny guy in Indian. You know, so maybe I'll go do a simulcast over in India. Eat some Indian food. (laughs) Oh, man. So if you're in India and you're listening to this podcast, which is rated number one in India... Michael Douglas Barreto, MDB Electronics. He fixes my controllers. 
has it back within 48 hours. But hey, guys, I just found out something. I, I've been sleeping on it. Michael Douglas Barreto does more than just fix controllers. He uh, sells items also, um, iPad cases and things like that. He does customizations. So not only do you have that, you want to check out Michael Douglas Barreto for other items um, to check him out. Like I said, for me, he fixes my controllers and stuff. And, you know, that's that's what locks me down with. But you can go check out his site, and he does a lot of other stuff there, MDB Electronics. Also, Viana Marie, her music is everywhere. You want to make sure you check that out. Streaming everywhere. New project is coming out in November. Listening party in September. Pay attention. Big congrats to Viana Marie, who took home the 508 Award for Best Female Artist of 2021. So big ups to her on that one. Best Female Artist of 2021 to Viana Marie and uh, many more things to come. Uh, tactical Target Systems. Uh, will you guys see me take some time at the range? Because I'm in fear of the zombie apocalypse. Um, I go to the range and practice my my skills at the range because I want to be able to hit headshots. I'm not Daryl. No, I'm not Carol. <laughs> you know? And Carol's come a long way. Carol's like one of my favorite characters on Walking Dead because she came a long way. Carol was this mousy wife who was abused by her husband living in a trailer. And Carol is just a badass, a middle-aged, sexy badass. (laughs) RebelRom.com. You want to check out my cousin's clothing line? Visit her, www.RebelRom.com. Also, you saw the ad, Old Colony Pest Control, General Red Revere, Carl Bunnell, veteran-owned residential and commercial, 774-400-5993. Reach out to him. Still got some summer and fall left over. If you got some pest issues, uh, make sure you check him out. Um, All natural, pet-friendly, licensed and insured. Check him out, okay? Let's get into the news booth. Uh, We are at 734 News Booth. Uh, We had a man fatally struck at the MBTA computer rail station at Montello. And, um, you know, this bothers me. This is like maybe the fourth or fifth person hit by a train here in the Brockton area. Um, Lots of times, unfortunately, it's suicide because we do have a mental health crisis in this country that nobody wants to talk about. As I sip my tea on that one. But that's real. That's real talk. Mental health crisis in this country that nobody wants to talk about. Um... But a man was fatally struck by an MBTA commuter train at Montello Station. I didn't get the exact specifics, but the body was there. Um, some of the things that I have seen, though, when it's not suicide, is stupidity. You know, the train's coming into that station and pulling out, and you got some commuter that has to get to Boston for work, and he thinks he's going to jump on the train while the train's slowly moving out the station, and then they fall off the train and end up under the wheels of the train. That That's number one, stupidity. The train's already rolling out the station, brother. Whoever you are, it's not worth it. It's not worth your life. It's not worth it. Be late for work. Be late for work. It's not worth losing your life over it. And then another one that I see when I take the train, because every, every so often I take the commuter rail train, and one of the things I see that happen in Brockton is the train will stop, and then as everybody gets off, the train's getting ready to pull out to head to the next station, and people rush across that crosswalk because they're too impatient to wait for the train to pull out. So they're going to rush in front of this 30,000-pound locomotive, to get to their car. For what? You can't wait the, the friggin' two minutes for the train to leave the station so you can get to your car? Is it really worth getting run over and dragged down the track? 
it, it's just oh. So like I said, I don't know the specifics of this story, but I do know that there have been different reasons as to why people get hit at these stations here in Brockton. So prayers and blessings to whoever the family of this person is. Um, a lot of homeless people down in that area. So you know, like I said, I don't know if this was a suicide, but. Uh, New Zealand confirms their first death linked to Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. I guess the person was given the COVID-19 vaccine and they went into, I believe what they said was like kind of a cardiac arrest. Um, It was kind of a rare situation, but they have confirmed that this death was linked to Pfizer. Now, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, and Moderna are still at 1% um, fatality rate. Um, so they're at, they're still at a 1%. So there's, you know, there's a level that they gauge in regards to, you know, failures and, and fatalities. So again, it's your decision. Make your decision. Don't let anybody force you, but make your decision whether you want to get the vaccination or not. I'm, I got vaccinated. I work at the airport. Um, I'm around people all the time. The last thing I want to do is to end up sick or make others sick. Um, so I, I'm vaccinated. Simple, simple as that. Uh, moving on into the legal booth. Ali Jafar and his sons, Muhammad and Yusuf, have been charged with lottery fraud for $21 million. Now, this story, I'm going to only touch a little bit on this because I, I, I was going to save it for Ken. Ask Ken when I have them on in, in, in a week or two. Um, but the thing is, is that what they were doing is, is like, so if you, if you know someone who hits a $1,000 scratch ticket, and then you say, hey, I got my boy, or I know the store that will pay you cash. They'll give you 800 cash, and then they'll, they'll claim the ticket. And you don't have to worry about the taxes. What they would, this is what they was doing. Well, it got to a point where the feds caught on, the lottery caught on to them and said, you know, these guys, when you win big money, guess what you do? You got to go down. You, you know, as you see in the picture here, they take your picture, you hold up your check. And then what happens is, is that the, the lottery says that these guys won so many times that it was statistically impossible for them to win that many times. So they knew that something was going on fishy. And then when they checked, they found out that they were, you know, committing fraud and, you know, 21 million. And then what the problem here is, is that, you know, you go and you collect all the scratch tickets and things to offset those winnings. So you're beating the IRS out. But here's the thing. This is just your mom and pop local guys. And they're going to be hit with $21 million in lottery fraud, federal charges. Yet, you have big multi-million corporations. You have billionaires and millionaires who constantly, constantly make a mockery of the tax system. For millions and billions of dollars. And they're not put on the front page of the paper or in the news for doing this. Yet these young guys and well, was a father and his two sons, they're going to be dragged through the mud and they're looking at federal charges because defrauding the lottery is a federal offense. But it's kind of messed up. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of a crazy story, you know? Little guy, you know, it's not it, what they were doing was wrong. At the end of the day, it was wrong. But, you know, you've seen bigger companies get away with a lot worse. It just it just bothers me. So I mentioned this story for people to think on. It's food for thought. <laughs> think of it as a food for thought story. Uh, entertainment booth, heading into that. Ed Asner, 
the iconic Lou Grant, the boss of Mary Tyler Moore, he passed away, 91 years old. Where does that leave Cobra Kai? Because he was sick on Cobra Kai. He was father, and he was an asshole. He was an a-hole. There's nothing better to put on Cobra Kai. He was he was a, he acted his ass off on Cobra Kai because he was a straight asshole. He treated the housekeeper like crap. He treated his nurse like crap. Treated the son like crap. So, well, stepson, stepson. So we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen there on Cobra Kai. But Lou Grant passed away. Um, very iconic actor. A lot of kids got to know Lou Grant as he voiced the main character in the Pixar film Up. A lot of people got to know him through that, too. So, um, unbelievable. This guy was acting all the way up until age 90. Uh, and 91. He passed away at 91, so he was still probably doing some acting, but did just amazing. Amazing. So, again, tough loss. Uh, long life. Also, Candyman opened up. $20.7 million projected. I don't care what it made. I'm still not saying Candyman five times because I'm black. In a black horror story movie, um, you ain't gonna get me to say Candyman five times. I don't care how much you pay me. I want Candyman coming up in my bedroom with his hook for a hand and kill me. Nope. So, congrats to Candyman. Twenty point seven million. I'm gonna have to get off and see that movie and check it out. Also, let me get this up here for you people, cause cause this is when I like to do things that other people don't want to talk about. So, I've been airing a trailer for the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air TV series done as a drama. Done as a drama. And I'm about to show this to you because what happened was was that this guy who made this fan trailer as a drama, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as a drama, he got hit up by Will Smith because Will Smith's son saw the trailer on YouTube and it was trending and Will Smith's son, Jaden brought the trailer to his father. His father saw the trailer and was just blown away by the concept of the fact of this show being now seen as a drama instead of a comedy sitcom, which lasted for years, which was one of the most popular Sitcoms in, in sitcom history was also one of the most popular black sitcoms of all time. Fresh Prince. Um, but after Will Smith had saw this Bel Air drama take trailer, he decided, you know what? We're going to do this. So Will Smith went, talked to Peacock. Peacock loved this whole idea. And now they have now casted the lead. And it's funny, his name is Jabari Banks, which was the last name of the family in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. But Jabari Banks is going to be the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in this new dramatic reboot. Now, if you've been watching this show for the last, Jesus, two and a half years, I've been showing this trailer on this show for the last two and a half years. Like I said, the booth is way effing ahead of everybody because people are going to be talking about this and... They're going to say, oh, this, this isn't people. You heard it here first. You saw the trailer, the fan trailer that started this first. So what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to show you guys this trailer. This is the trailer that started it all. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to see exactly why Will Smith was sold on the fact 
that they needed to bring the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as a drama to TV. And this is going to be historic because you're going to see a show, if it becomes a hit as a drama, it could be historic being two shows of two different types of genres being hits. So here it is right now. Here is the Bel Air fan made trailer, which got this whole thing going. Here we go. See, for some reason, you think this is a game. This is not a game, Will. Look at you. Look at you. The only reason why you're not in jail is because Uncle Phil called in a favor. Take your time. Go deep. Too easy. You throw this? You're stupid. carrying a gun on the streets to protect yourself? I've done my best, Will. But it's time for a change. You're going to Bel Air to live with your uncle and your auntie. Bel Air, out of all places. This is a second chance, Will. Don't waste it. Will, I will not bail you out again. In this house, I'm not Uncle Phil. I'm the law. Have I made myself absolutely clear? Yeah. Yeah. There are no butlers to clean up your messes. You've got to be responsible for yourself. So, Will, what brings you to Bel Air? I caught with a gun. How are we related again? He's from the streets of Philadelphia. Will needs discipline. Just a little time. Just a little time and a little love. We are what he needs. Why don't you go back to Philly? Born and raised, right? You think I would ever want to be in this life? You're not welcome, Will. This is fake. Wherever you're from, this is fake. You didn't do anything to earn this. I never had nothing. My life ain't a sitcom, I guess. I don't even feel like I belong here. Just give it some time. Everything happens for a reason. Yo, you must be from Philly. Yeah. What's up, man? I'm Will. Jazz. Jazz. Hey, so what part of town you staying in? Bel Air. They got you out there? All right, Philly. Let's see what you got. Well, welcome to Bel Air Academy. How's everything going at Bel Air? Not too bad out here. I just made the team. I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad you're here. I need to take you shopping. Rodeo Drive. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You can go here? Nah.
That was the fan-made trailer for Bel Air by Michael Cooper. Michael Cooper was hit up by Will Smith after seeing that trailer almost two years ago and said, I'm going to bring this to light. This is going to happen. And it's happening. So that was the trailer. If you liked it, drop the friggin' emojis or whatever in the chat. Everybody who's out there watching the show tonight, Brenda Goodson, Mark Powers, everybody out there watching Chris Gagney, what's up, what's going on? Um, again, I'm going two hours tonight. We're going to be breaking down the Patriots in the second hour, me and Kevin Tachi. So I want to make sure you guys are here for that. It's 748, so I got to keep the time on that. Because what happened down in Foxborough today was truly epic. <laughs> it was truly epic. Only one person I know saw this coming. And that was Sarone Battle Ackerman who had a podcast here. He lived in the Boston area. He's now down there in the North Kakalaka. Big shout-outs to Cerrone. He called it. He said that Cam would be cut by September. He called it. People thought he was crazy. He is the only one on my friend list that I talk sports with, and he called it. I felt that Cam was going to be here till week four, but I'm not going to get into this topic because I'm saving it. Kevin Tachi comes on in the second hour. Ty Hunt, what's going on? I see you out there dropping new videos. Ty Hunt, drop your stuff in the chat, Ty. If you're listening and watching the show, drop the links. Let them know how they can get this new music. Let them know how they can follow you, man. Drop it in the chat. Ty Hunt, also hanging out with the booth. Uh, In the sports booth, we're going to get into this topic, me and Kevin Tachi, because earlier last week I put out this tweet that the Ravens, had traded Sean Wade, their cornerback. Nice little addition to the Patriots. And the lineup across from J.C. Jackson. Me and Kevin taught you about to break this down. Because guess what? There was a reason why they signed this young man at cornerback. Because guess what? Boom. Gilmore is staying on the pup list. Oh, because supposedly Stephon Gilmore, his, hasn't recovered from his quad surgery. Yeah, how about it's because of the fact that they wouldn't sign a contract because they want to make sure they don't want to sign your contract with a guy who might be damaged goods. But let's see what happens here. Him staying on the pup list is going to keep him out till week six. But looks like the Patriots got somebody. I'm going to break this down with Kevin. I need to stop talking because me and Kevin Tachi are going to talk about this. shit. <laughs> Cam Newton, after being cut, says, please don't feel sorry for me. That's right. That's right. Some of you people out there talking about race, stop it. Anybody who's tumbled, this was a racial... Stop it. S-T-F-U, right now. S-T... The race had not one thing... And I'm going to say that before Kevin Tachi comes on here. Race had nothing to do with the fact that Cam Newton is no longer a patriot. So stop it. All you fake, woke, whatever you want to be out there, stop it. We all know why Cam Newton is here. And we're going to talk about this. Me and Kevin Tachi. That's why Cam Newton's saying, don't feel sorry for me. Because he knows what he did. Trust and believe me. We're going to break this down in the second hour. This whole shebang, this whole story, this whole Patriots extravaganza of news that just turned sports radio around here on its head, upside down on its head. Because if Cam was still here, sports radio would be debating this whole quarterback thing until, until Cam was gone. And I'm glad it happened now. 
Because now sports radio got to find something else to talk about heading into week one. Get original. <laughs> Shout out to Scott Zolak and those guys over at 98.5 for holding it down. But uh, I know they was everybody was up in arms. EI, all of them. <laughs> and the funny thing about it is, is Belichick had a press conference, right? And, and, and Arsante Samuel tweeted and said, cold-blooded. Talking shit about Belichick. That's Asante Samuel because Asante doesn't like Belichick. It's no, it's no secret that he doesn't like him. What's up, Kate Krasinski? What's going on? Um, it's no secret that Asante doesn't like Bill Belichick. But here's the thing, people: Belichick didn't lie. Belichick didn't say nothing in this press conference this morning that makes him brutal or cold blooded. Belichick's exact words when he was asked about Cam Newton status or or performance, he was asked about his performance. He was honest. He said, well, if you look back at last year, which was an extraordinary year, which was a a, a, a extraordinary year. I don't think he said extraordinary. I forget what he said, but he talked about last year. He said that Cam Newton was way ahead of where he was last year, which is right because Cam came to this team late last year. And then he said he was performing better at this time than he was last year. All of that's true. All of that is true. How is that cold-blooded that he said he answers the question? The man answered the question. That's where Cam was right now. Y'all can read into that shit however way you want to read into it. Y'all can take it as how you want to take it. But that was just the bare facts of what he said. And then just an hour and a half later... Breaking news, Cam Newton released from the Patriots. <laughs> Remember, every time Belichick does something like this, every time Bill Belichick does something like this, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that scene in, in New Jack City when Ice-T and Nino Brown uh, sitting in the hot tub with the chicks and he asked him because he knows he now realizes that that um Nino Brown killed his mother was the one who killed his mother and um he asked him in the in the hot tub so uh was this business or was it personal <laughs> that was that scene right there is is Cam Newton and Belichick in the office today? <laughs> I love you, Cam. I love your press conferences. I love your attire. But I can see I can see Belichick right now. It's just <laughs> if you guys haven't seen New Jack City yet, go check it out. You know what? I need to I need to just take that clip from New Jack City and just and just anytime Bill Belichick during the season does anything where it's just business. And just play that little clip. <laughs> right after we show the Belichick. I, I got to do. <laughs> but me and Kevin Tachi are going to break it down. Uh, Cam Newton. He put this up. This is what Cam Newton had to say right here. I'm going to bring it up bigger so you guys can see it. Boom. I really appreciate all the love and support during this time. But I must say, please don't feel sorry for me. I'm good. One finger. One pinky. One thumb. That's coming from Cam Newton Instagram page. And again, I don't know why he does all these 
things with his words. It seems like his text, his text messages take five times the amount of time it takes to just write a regular normal text. Because he's got to type that all out. He's got to type that all out. He can't just fake that. That He's got to type that all them things out. Whatever. But we're going to break it down in about four minutes. Four minutes, we're going to break that down. So getting into the Biden bombshells. U.S. airstrikes targets against Islamic State members in Afghanistan. This is in retaliation to the loss of life of the 13 service members who were killed in that ISIS-K bombing um, over there just towards the end of last week. Saw them take down these targets, and um, Biden stepped right up and took care of that. Um, U.S. Special Operations. We had this thing where over 100,000 people were taken out of Afghanistan, but we have this one story that I'm going to tell you right now is probably going to be rushed out to a movie. Um, Unfortunately, they won't be able to use the title because this title is already out there, but these U.S. veterans who are not active, uh, they carried out a mission to save Afghan lives over there. They went over there. They dubbed the mission Pineapple Express. Uh, They went over there, and I believe they were able to secure 300 Afghan allies and get them out. These were all veterans. They all went in there without any... The story is... Okay, so we've seen this before. Because I don't want to bring this up and try to put a damper on this whole story. But we've seen this before where the military and the government gives us a feel-good story and wants to make us believe. And then years later, we find out that it's not true. I hate that. Um, That's a whole other show about three major things that have happened in the Iraqi war that weren't. um, That made people believe something that it wasn't. But if this is true, this should become a movie. But these U.S. special op vets who went in there on their own um, and rescued these Afghan allies. The story says that they weren't, because there were a few stories out there. There was a few stories out there said that Biden was pissed because they did this without this and that and this and that. Look, these guys did this, and every other story that I've read, Biden knew about it. These guys still respect their commander-in-chief. They pulled this mission off. Um, They were in contact with the military during this operation that they successfully pulled off. But it's going to be one hell of a movie. One hell of a movie still, even if there was no, you know, Hollywood will definitely glorify it. They'll definitely glorify it. I'm not not waiting for them to not glorify it, but they will. So we'll see. But um, yeah, look it up. Operation Pi- um, Pineapple Express is what it was called. U.S. Special Operations Vets, they carried out this mission. I, I want to say it was like 300. 300 Afghan allies, they got to the, to the plane. Um, and as of today, the Taliban Guard says the last U.S. planes have left Kabul. Um, which means it has drawn an end to our Afghan occupation. It's done. It's over. Benito. Over. Let's close the book. Uh, But a former military U.S. interpreter, she says she's stranded in Afghanistan. Nobody told her about the last flight out of the country. Here's the thing, lady. I don't know about this. But I do know that when Rob was on this show, Rob said that interpreters were told months ago They needed to get out of Afghanistan. They were told months ago, before they even took over, before the Taliban even came in and took it over, they were told to come in. Hold on here. I'm going to get Kevin Tachi in here with me. You're going to do this on the fly. Hey, Kevin, what's up? Waiting for Kevin to get in here with me. 
we're, we're live. I brought you in live. I just brought you in. I'm just finishing up the show so we can just get right into this discussion because. Yep, brought you in hot. <laughs> oh, you had the Afghan. Oh, what do you got? Oh, you're going to go with the Red Sox background? O- Oakland A's? <laughs> so let me finish up the show while we while we he's getting this stuff straight. Uh, closing out Biden bombshells. Um, the like I said, the last plane flew out of Afghanistan uh, today, and like I said, that's going to bring the end to the Afghan war. Um, Biden gave a speech before we went live. Uh, Biden says that you know we're we're not extending a forever exit. In other words, we're not going back to get the final people who were there. Like I said, Rob was on the show. A lot of these people were told months ago they have to get out. They had to get out. They were told to get out. Um, is there a plan to get those 300 people out? If so, um, only special ops probably knows about it. And we're not going to know about it until they're here on American soil, safe and sound. So um, whatever has to be done now, it has to be done because the deadline is over. Um, the key here now is what's going to happen in Afghanistan. You know, ISIS-K and the Taliban are battling. Um, who knows, who knows what's going to happen. So, um, look, since the one beanies are available, I think I only have one left, <laughs> one left. Um, and I got to thank everybody who's been supporting the beanies. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming out here, supporting the beanies with me. And, um, don't forget to listen to Oscar Mike radio, Maddie C sports for you and me and my sponsor, Douglas Barreto, MDB electronics. Um, and all you guys for supporting us. So wait, what I'm going to do here, guys, I'm going to take a quick break because I get Kevin Tachi in here with us. Talk about this Patriot stuff that, Oh, he's actually back here. He's actually back. Maybe I won't take a break. Maybe we'll get right into it. Cause we got a lot of stuff that we, we got to talk about. We got a whole, we got a whole hour. Um, and I think we can talk about this for the hour. Um, <laughs> let me get a sound. Chris Gagney. What's going on? Yeah, I'm not going to take a break. Kevin, you ready? You ready to do this? I can do it, but if you need a break, I'm okay with taking a two minute break if you need to. Yeah, okay. Let's 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 do a quick break. So just a second ago, guys, I showed you guys the trailer for the fan created um Bel Air, which is now gonna be made. Um what I think I'll do here is I'll take a quick break and I'm gonna show a PSA or maybe an ad. I'll show an ad for you guys. Let's get ready for football season. Let's let's do that. Let me take a quick break here. And then I'll be back with Kevin Tachi. We're going to talk New England Patriots in this special second hour. Here's the break. We'll be back after this on The Booth. Jules, what's up, bro? You ready to play? Braves. Coaching's overrated, bro. I know you still got it, Randy. Let's get back to playing. Teddy, Wes, Ocho Cinco. I guess I'll just play online. You cut me off, you son of a Get the hell out of that car. Get the hell out right now. I'm going to tear you a new... Come on, get out! I'm gonna beat the I, I, I didn't know it was you. 
I'm broadcasting live from the City of Champions. You are listening to the booth, and that was a, that was a funny ass PSA for those who were just watching. That PSA came from Georgia, and I was hoping that we would do something of the sort here in Massachusetts with some of our sports stars in regards to road rage, where we have these different situations where people are committing road rage and not knowing who they're committing road rage against. That seeing Evander Holyfield get out that vehicle is hilarious. I would love to see something like that here with maybe a Bruins, an old school Bruins uh, guy, or you know something of a, a Patriots guy, or maybe you know maybe Pedro Martinez or something. We could we could definitely do something of that sort. It would be great to do something like that. I would. I think I'd like to see that here. I think Massachusetts should jump on it. We've had some bad road rage incidents here where. You know, we've had a loss of life. We had some people run down in road raging. I think somebody needs to do something of that sort. I think uh, Poppy Ortiz. Poppy Ortiz is a well-known Massachusetts figure. I think a road rage PSA with Poppy Ortiz would be a good one. Uh, we got guys here, MMA, in this area. We got guys like, I think, a Joe Lozon. A Joe Lozon would work in that PSA. Um, you know, he... This guy's collected more fight bonuses in the UFC than any other fighter. I think him getting out that car and seeing Joe Lozon getting out, you know, I think that's a good one. I think that'd be great. Um, but my guest who's on with me, we're going to talk about this stuff because Foxborough and sports radio has been turned upside down. My man Kevin Tachi from WATD, he is on with me right now. And um, big news today. Like I said, it started, I I shared a tweet about three days ago. Patriots traded for uh, a seventh-round pick and a fifth-round pick to the Ravens for cornerback Sean Wade. And I was like, hmm, wow, they, they, they just traded for a pretty good damn cornerback that's going to line up across from J.C. Jackson. I was like, damn, I wonder what's going on with my man Stephon Gilmore. Well, as we learned today, the second breaking news, because I don't want to get into the first breaking news, the second breaking news of the day came out. And that was Stefan Gilmore is going to remain on the pup list. And they're saying because of recovery from quad surgery isn't going well. And he's we're not going to see him till week six. But guess what, Stefan? Might be a bad decision. Because this kid, Sean Wade, he ain't bad at all from the Baltimore Ravens. And he could actually maybe play you right out of a, a job here in New England if he plays well with J.C. Jackson. I'm going to turn that over to Kevin Tarchi. Let's hear his thoughts on that one real quick. You're talking about you know the uh, one you know the uh, recent uh, defensive player of the year. I don't know if it's a bad. I, I you know the, while he may be still recovering, I think the issue here is about the green. It's there's still an issue in regards to playing for a contract. I know that the Patriots last year. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe they tweaked his contract. Mm-hmm. And a part of that tweak was is that this year would be at $7 million. And where you're seeing some of the other uh, corners, top 10, top five corners are making in excess of 15, 16, $17 million a year. And here I am, I'm playing for a mere $7 million. You got you, you to do something. You got you to sweeten the pot. I love being here. And I love, you know, I, I was watching some of the, some of the tweets, uh, following stuff like coach coach stefan you know he always like a coach out there he might be he might not be playing he might <clears> be <throat> practicing and doing preseason but you know he's he's coach stefan yeah it's good you know he's being a a, a good patriot but is he 
But lots of times here, and I've seen this, and I've talked about this with you. We've talked about it quite a bit on, on crashing into the big field. And one of my big things is, is I always look deeper than the story goes. And I look at sometimes, I, I sometimes blame agents when we get into these situations. Because sometimes what happens is you have a good player, and then you make a deal. And then what happens is, is other players outperform. And when people get signed, people get signed for money that they shouldn't. And we've seen this time and time again here with Patriot players where the Patriots hold off on signing somebody, and then somebody, I think, I forget what year it was, but somebody in, in Buffalo got signed and didn't deserve the friggin' money that they got signed for, which totally undercut who was here in the Patriots. And it happens time and time again. We saw that here with another story with, um, you know, their agent misled them, uh, Richard Seymour. Richard Seymour was caught off guard when they let him go and traded him. And he went off to the Raiders, but that was his agent's fault. His agent wasn't up front with him. His agent didn't, let, you know, didn't tell him that the deal wasn't done and was caught. So lots of times I feel like these agents, let's go back to Ty Law. When the Ty Law situation happened, um, here's what happens with Ty Law, and this falls on the agent. Ty Law had a, a, an incentive-laden deal. Um, he was supposed to get so many interceptions. And then that last year of his contract, Ty Law was a shutdown corner. They just didn't throw to his side of the field. When they didn't throw to his side of the field, guess what? Ty Law couldn't get the interceptions that he was supposed to get. And when they go back to the table, what happens? Well, he didn't get the interceptions. And granted, we can all say that's BS, that's bull, but you have to put all that stuff in the contract. You know, why his numbers dropped. If you sign the contract, that's what they're going to hold you to. Is it ruthless business? Yeah, it's ruthless business. The NFL has always been a ruthless business. Um, but it's up to the agent to make sure their contracts are the best contract that they should receive. And we've seen this time and time again where guys have been told, oh, you haven't done this. Well, this is why this happened, you know. Um, you know, you got a guy who might be a great quarterback, but he's got the best secondary in that division, and he throws a ton of picks that year because that division is loaded with, with the best sec- so it, it, a lot of things like that happen. I think here with Gilmore, I think his injury, if he's not fully recovered from his injury, maybe the Patriots don't want to sign damaged goods. Could that be the case? You know, why why sign him if he's damaged goods? Can he perform? No. Yeah, a- the, the, the Patriots signed a, an insurance policy in the name of Jalen Mills in the offseason. You know, so they, I feel that they got enough depth uh, in the backfield that I'm kind of, I'm excited. I mean, you know, you get an embarrassment of riches in certain positions that you couldn't say that last year. If you were a Patriots fan, you were like going, man, you know, I we're know. <laughs> the cover's kind of bare in certain, you know, <laughs> seriously, it but now scarce. there's certain positions. Yeah. Now it's, you know, you look at running back. I mean, we had an embarrassment of riches, you know, uh, when you came to the running back room, you know, you had to trade out, you have to trade Sony Michelle because, you know, we're, you don't want to carry five or six running backs, you know. Yeah. And um, I, kind of, I kind of saw that when we were in Philadelphia and I had actually put out there and said, you know, he's playing like he's on the bubble. I think he knew. I think he knew that he was either going to be gone or he was going to be traded because when I looked at these young guys who've been running the ball, this Richardson, all these guys are younger. They're, they're hungrier. I'm like, if, if I'm Belichick, Sony's the guy that's got to go. Sony's the first guy on my list that I'm I'm trading. I'm going to give that. And to be honest, they got something for. Him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at I mean, look at the running backs. I mean, you get the the new ankle breaker. You know, 
J.J. Taylor, you know, he's oh, the, 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 the upgrade to Dion Lewis, you know, who would, you know, he, he would leave, you know, uh, defensive players uh, uh, strewn all over the field as, you know, he may have been bouncing all over the place for 10 yards, but you know what? It took a bit for them to get him down, you know? Right. And I think, too, when we get into this discussion coming up with, with, with the quarterback situation, I think mm. the running back, and I think because I haven't really heard any of sports radio touch base on this. I've heard them talking about how the defense fits, but not really anybody's touched base on this, but I feel like this running back situation plays a lot into this decision-making that went on with our quarterback decision-making this, this time around. I think there's, I think there's a couple of variables here that we're going to discuss. We talk mm-hmm. about this and I think there's, I think there's some glaring things that people need to know when it comes to personnel and what they have on this team here um, in regards to this forward. And again, this is, Cam Newton saying, please don't feel sorry for me, as I mentioned earlier in the show. He says, please don't feel sorry for me. The reason why he's probably saying that is because, okay, let's talk about the first elephant in the room as to why Cam Newton was abruptly released today, even after Belichick got up there and praised him, which I said, he praised him because, yeah, he was in a better position than he was last year. There was no falseness about that. That was all true. So Asante Samuel's comments about Belichick... I think it's unfair. This is a business, and the fact that he released him right after the press conference, I'm pretty sure Cam knew. I'm pretty sure he knew he was out the door. I mean, he knew he was on borrowed time last year. He was lucky to be back this year. So one of the reasons why I feel like he feels like he's saying, don't feel sorry for me, the elephant in the room, number one. Let's talk about the COVID situation. Um, the NFL laid down the law. They laid down the law about these these COVID guys that are not getting vaccinated, they laid it down. Teams are going to pay hefty fines. They're going to lose hefty. You, you talk about forfeiting games. You're talking about a lot of stuff for a team to lose. You got to be a team player. When you stop being selfish, like a guy like a Cam Newton or a Lamar Jackson who got COVID twice now, um, you watch this Patriots game, this last game, Cam Newton was the only guy without a mask, with, with a mask on. He was the only guy with a mask on, which meant he was the only unvaccinated player on the Patriots and then the Patriots staff. We saw this with the Falcons. What did the Falcons do? They dumped their two guys, and now they're 100% vaccinated. Same with the Raiders. 100% va- They dumped them. And here's the thing. A lot of these guys were probably like, okay, let them cut me or release me, and the union will stick up for me. The NFLPA will, will stick up for me. But I don't know. I'm looking at the NFLPA stance right now. And I think the NFLPA is leaning more towards agreeing with the league when it comes to this vaccination, because guys right now, if you haven't been vaccinated, you're doing everything separately and you're messing up the whole team, how it flows. Can't be in the meetings together. You can't fly on the same plane. There's a lot of things that people don't know that's going on behind the scenes that disrupts this team. Um, Let's talk about the COVID-19 elephant in the room. Yeah, I mean that's a big thing. I mean the last thing you know, you got you got a coach who is chasing after Don Shula. You know he wants those wins. He wants to surpass Don Shula. You, we, we know there's no love loss. I mean, you know, uh, Coach uh, Coach Shula is no longer with us, but you know, he, he always had some tart things to say about Bill Belichick, calling him a cheater, and you know when the Patriots, you know, went uh, undefeated sixteen and zero, he had his things to say. I think that Belichick wants to be remembered as a coach, you know, 
the all-time best. You know, uh, he's got six rings at the moment. He wants those wins. And if you have a player that is going to be a detriment to the win column, then you have to choose. Do I want a guy who could cost us forfeitures when it comes to games? We don't want that because that's what the NFL has threatened. Yeah. If for some reason you have players that are un- uh, that are unvaccinated and you actually lose players to COVID, you don't have enough to to play. We're not rescheduling the game. We're not we're not living last year where we had a we had a bounty of games that we had to reschedule and it, it, it turned into a kerfuffle. We want if your team is not ready to perform and if you you have players that are not willing to get vaccinated, then you are forfeiting the game. And if the next week it's the same situation, you forfeit that game. And, and I hate to say it is there's so much competition in the NFL. I mean, there's a lot of competition. Uh, especially in the AFC East, the Patriots are no no longer. It's no right. longer. Uh, it's no longer. You know that, that they know that they're com- they're going to be getting a T-shirt by the by week. You know, fourteen or fifteen. <laughs> no, it's it's you know Buffalo is a mm-hmm. true contender. Um, the Jets. I mean, <laughs> look look at the Jets drafted a quarterback, and he that kid looks fantastic. Um, Miami, Miami is up and coming. So you you are no longer the, the king of the division, and it's going to be a dogfight. So again, everyone is going to count. Yeah, it is. And like I said, that 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 COVID nineteen guys is what we want to make sure we we talk about that elephant. I think, to be honest, I think him and Scott Zolak said it best when Cam Newton decided to take week three of preseason, which is the most important week of preseason. That's when everybody has to make their decisions. Scott Zolak said this best. I'm not going to steal this from him. He said that that was the nail in the coffin. He said by Cam Newton leaving this state to go get whatever treatment he got or whatever, and then comes back and realizes, oh, no, I've got to be, you know, quarantined, made made Bel- that, that made up Belichick's mind because at that point, it was a close quarterback no, race as I, to who the starter was going to be. I got I to stop you. Yep. I got to stop you. Um, that isn't what made up his mind. What made up Belichick's mind was the, the, the joint practices with the Giants and seeing his rookie quarterback not going against the twos or the threes, but going against the, their all of the number ones on their defense. And I know there were different reports from different uh, reporters on Twitter uh, that he went like 31 of 36 or he went 32 of 37. This kid performed. He was able to move the ball against a pretty decent defense. Mm. That's that's what summed it up. He left the door open. Cam Newton, by deciding that week that he was going to have a misunderstanding, caused accosted him his chance to be Q number one yeah. on this team. Yeah, and you're right. And here's the thing, people. A lot of people are like, well, you know, they're putting their hands in – you know, they're putting this season in the hands of rookie, but here's the thing, people: you don't understand what Belichick did in this preseason, in this in this off season. They've got a running back core right now for Mac Jones that can easily take the pressure off him. They can grind out a, a running back game with what they got right now and keep it that way. He's going to have the two best tight ends in the NFL right now, and then he's got a slot guy. If if Nelson Aguilar and these other guys pan out, he's going to have one hell of a wide receiver core. I think any quarterback in this situation, and here's the thing, guys. I don't think our running backs are that good. 
I'm going to say that right now. I don't. I think we're going back to 1997 with the Denver Broncos. I think it's our O line. I think Bell the David? O. I think I think the O line is the better. I think that's what the secret is here. I don't think it's the running backs. Yeah. I think the O line is that good this season yep. that they're going to make yep. any running back look phenomenal here. And I think that's what yeah. we're going to see. Let's keep that quiet amongst other teams, or let them think it's the running backs. Because <laughs> I watch, I watch this game. I watch some of this preseason game, and I, I'll tell you, our offensive line is pushing dudes into next week. <laughs> so, and when you've I'm gonna, got, I'm going to give, I'm going to give your audience a hot take here. All right, here's my hot take. Okay, if you remember last year, like if the Patriots got down by ten. 10 points to get down by two touchdowns. How many of you out there said to yourself, oh, yeah, you know, this is going to be just like, you know, the years uh, with the TB under center. Uh, they're going to come back, no problem. When they get down by 10 or, or 10, 10 points, they get down by two touchdowns. I, it was game over in my book. There was no way for the They didn't have that ability. Okay. Right. You got a, you got a kid who actually has got pinpoint accuracy. All right, and this is this is a kid. That's why they brought him in here, is because he had that he had that accuracy. But the hot take here is is it's not going to be the offense that wins games this year. It's that damn defense. That is, you ain't kidding. He has built a damn good defense, and I can't wait to see it be on display. And I'm talking about the D line. You get a D. You get a. You know he he brought in for you. Matthew Judon what? is going to be a. You got Dante Hightower back. You got you brought the band so, back together. So, Kyle Van so, Noy. Kevin's hot take for me is this. And this is it right here, people. That defense was built to build to just embarrass Tom Brady. Let's be real honest here. Let's talk about this. <laughs> yeah. That defense, when you saw Bill putting this together, we anybody yep. who knows football here in New England was like, yo, week four, he's going after Tom. He knows that Tom yep. doesn't like the rush. That's Tom nope. Brady's weakness. Tom Brady does not like to be pressured. That's it. Up that's the middle. His, that's Up his the middle. Kryptonite. Yep. And Up you the look middle. at this defense. That defense is built for week yep. four. Period. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. If there's one thing, if there's one thing that that Bill Belichick doesn't want on his leg, because let's face the facts here. I believe that Tom Brady has beaten every NFL team except the New England Patriots. He has not yet played against them. Right. And it's going to be the difference between this game because who I don't think they're going to play another game against each other unless it could be it's the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, you know, today's news right now with Mac Jones, I know the NFL, I know they stopped everything at the NFL headquarters and they know they was dancing around the freaking coffee mug table. I know they were in the lunchroom throwing papers up in the air because week four was a big game, even with Cam Newton starting. But now you've got the guy that we all know is the replacement. This mm. Mac Jones, Tom Brady matchup. And hey, don't let Mac Jones go three and zero, because if Mac Jones goes three and zero, which could very well happen, this is going to be a humongous game come week four. This is this is going to be the NFL blockbuster of the season right here. Um, I know Frank Zanowski, he said he sold his season tickets quick, and now he's probably wishing that he didn't sell them that week four game as fast as he did because they're probably going to fetch even more money now for these week four tickets. (laughs) 
I have to say though, the one thing that that I have a little remorse that that, that Cam Newton is no no longer on the team, and I know that there are people who are out there going, they couldn't wait for Cam Newton to to be cut to be you know old news. I, I still saw him as being useful. Let's not forget, I believe that he was two and zero against Tom Brady. The times that Carolina and and New England played against each other, two and zero, and so whatever facet you 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 had. Cam Newton in there. I mean, I mean, he looked okay in preseason. I'm kind of disappointed. I kind of wanted to, I kind of wanted to see how it played out, but here's, here's kind of the drawback to that. And again, because I, I'm, I'm kind of like going back and forth, it's like buyer's remorse here, right? You're like going, Oh man, should I have done this? Should I have done this? But then again, you look at, you know, you and I have watched our share of football on all levels from high school football, semi-pro to, oh, yeah. you know, professional football and at times, the New England Patriots look like the Brockton Boxers. That's not that's not a, a knock on them. But usually, what's the tradition in high school? Run, 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 run. A couple of passes here and there. Run, 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 run. You know, I mean, if you're cutting the playbook in half, where you don't have these different types of uh, of of weapon, you know, of plays, where you can throw it down the field and you could be able to, you know, keep them guessing. Mac Jones brings you play action which is key. So that's just my thought on, you know, whether to have kept Cam Newton or not. Well, and and that's why I lean more towards this COVID thing being the reason why, because, or, because I think Cam, a lot of people say, well, no, Cam didn't want to be a backup. Cam had already said he had no problem being a backup here um, if needed to be, because they definitely can't go into the season with Brian Hoyer. If they're, they're definitely going to have to bring someone else in here. Well, they, they, they cut him for the moment. Yeah, so I mean, th- this is where we're at with this, um, and and you've got to definitely have a backup with that you feel comfortable with. Um, I don't think Jared Stidham either. Yep, because he's he's twelve weeks out with the back surgery, so he's not coming in. So I have a feeling the Patriots are going to do something. A lot of people were talking this Jimmy Garoppolo nonsense. That's not happening, people. Stop it. <laughs> I hate to I hate to say it is is Mike Reese earlier today actually posted on Twitter that all that that all of the Mac Jones number ten jerseys in the the Patriots Pro Shop are gone already. Oh, no. Really, gone already. Damn, ordering, put the orders in, and we're gonna see. Like I said, let's let's see. Um, and we've said this on the show. Many times we've always said week four is where you separate the pretenders from the contenders. We've seen many people go three and zero. Week four hits and it's all downhill, all downhill from week four on. So I, I, I'm just curious to see where we're headed here. Um, like I said, I think this Mac Jones quarterback situation and this Cam Newton. I think I like I said. I think it all has to do with. The COVID. I think this is it. I don't think it had anything. I think some of it does have to do with performance, like you said. I think Belichick mm. saw Mac Jones perform against the number one defense, and, and the Giants are a good number one. You know, the, the, these teams that he saw are are good defenses. Um, he didn't do bad against the Eagles either. When I was out in Philly, um, he made some good decisions. And one of the things I heard about Mac Jones that he's doing that that they said that they don't see many quarterbacks do is um, he's reading up on, on the defensive playbooks. I saw that. 
and and that's very interesting Impressive. interesting um because it really gives them a different look at how to read defenses when you actually know the playbook there's, there's nothing wrong with being being a student of the game and and knowing both sides it, what's what's going to be so interesting about week four against tampa bay is you know is is tom brady going to be more yeah, you know, while he's he's going to be preparing mentally for the offensive side, yeah. You know, what is he What is he saying to the defense? What is he saying to the defensive coordinators as some of the things and some of the calls? Because a lot of folks are equating Mac Jones, not comparing him and saying, "Oh, he's the next Tom Brady," but the kid has the thing that people that that a lot of the pundits are saying is is that you see Patriots football when Mac Jones is under center, when he is guiding that offense, it's what we're accustomed to seeing. And if that's what we're accustomed to seeing, then we're accustomed to seeing with Tom Brady, some of the things that Tom Brady was able to do. And again, going back to this week four game, um, we've seen this in the 20 years of Patriots football. Um, One of the downsides to Tom Brady, we talked about being disgruntled with the pass rush, but sometimes what we've seen in Tom Brady losses is, is sometimes in big games where Tom Brady tries to do too much. We've seen that. This game could very well be one of those situations where Tom knows he's coming back home. He knows everything on this game and where Tom comes in and he just does too much and makes that one crucial or two crucial errors, that that pick that he throws. We've seen that before. We've seen games lost where Tom is, you know, taking it on the shoulders and said, that's my loss. But we've seen it, and this game fits into that possible scenario. He comes here to Foxborough. He's very emotional, um, but he knows he's got to win this game to kind of get this monkey off his back, and then he does too much. Could be. It's a rhetorical question, but what Tom Brady, a guy who's 44 years old, what what does he do to motivate himself for this year and the year after? I mean, he got his ring without Bill Belichick. He got it on his own. What's what, what are some of the things that you think that he is doing to motivate himself to kind of still ward off by the time? Because eventually he's going to have to hang up the cleats. He's addicted to the game. I think he's addicted to the game. When he won that Super Bowl, and those who paid attention, when he won... And he was headed up to that podium. His wife, Giselle, was right there. And if you read her lips, she said, can you retire now? She asked him as he was heading up, can we retire now? And he didn't even answer. He didn't even acknowledge her when she said it. And then when he got up there, he said exactly what she said to him heading up there. Um, I think Tom, Tom is Michael Jordan when it comes to, competitiveness and chips on the shoulder. And I think Tom is, is the NFL's version of Michael Jordan. He's this guy, you know, he was drafted late. He had a chip on his shoulder. And for the first few years, you know, he heard blah, blah, blah. Even with Spygate, he's heard so much. And now he's still hearing it. He's hearing, well, it wasn't, it wasn't Belichick. It was this, you know, it was, so he's still hearing these things. I think he's still, has something to prove. I think this is the game that he's waiting for. He wants to beat Bill. He knows it. And let's just be honest. Bill wants to beat him. 
they can still like each other. They can still respect each other. But I think mm. either way, either one of these guys want to beat them because they're both competitive at heart and at nature. And and I think this is and let's let's be honest. We've seen it with Belichick. Fourth and two. He had a whole thing against Peyton Manning that year. He was pissed at Peyton Manning and the Colts. Fourth and two comes. Belichick overthinks the situation. Colts win that game off of that fourth and two. Mm-hmm. Belichick has made the same mistakes. He's overthought games in certain situations, and it's cost the Patriots. So, I look, week four has to be mistake-free football on both sides of this ball. And hopefully we get what we want as fans. I hope we get exactly what we want. Well, the thing that's interesting here is, is I think what both Bill and Tom are trying to will the fan bases, you know, the fans themselves and the folks who follow football is, is to have folks believe that they are the secret ingredient to, you know, to the Patriots success. You know, there is no secret ingredient. No, it's seriously. One of them is I, I honestly personally feel that combined that their joint efforts, you know, Tom's competitiveness and willingness to win it all uh, at, at all costs and, and, and pull games out and bill, bill, I mean, both of them together, I think of what made the, the Patriots dynasty, what they were. I don't think I find it hard to believe. And, and we don't have any, we will never have any proof of this, but I, I don't see that the, that Tom Brady would have went somewhere as the one ninety ninth pick and have succeeded under another coach just we have no you know we have no proof of that and bill belichick would he have you know he had drew bledsoe you know um and when drew bledsoe got injured uh during the 2001 season you know he had to go he had to go with his you know second year quarterback oh hey get in there yeah go ahead get in there and the kid and the kid won Form, form, and, it, and it, it, you know, like I said, it's it, these things that you know I love. As, football is a sport, and you know, it's it brings all of these stories to the forefront. Like I said, you know, anything can happen, but I hope the fans get what we're waiting for. Come week four, um, I'm just ecstatic. As far as the season goes, um, Mac Jones is now has been added into the discussion of rookie of the year. Um, your take on that, because this is a very, the class of uh, rookies in the NFL this year. You've got Mac Jones, you've got Justin Fields, who is not starting. They're going with, was that a surprise? They're going with Andy Dalton over Justin Fields. Your thoughts on that real quick. I, you know what? I, I, that's why a part of me is kind of wishing that Cam, was able to stick around at least for half of the season. You know, let, let, you know, Mac Jones see some situational football and experience it from the sideline and see as it's happening as opposed to now, you know, it's, he's, he's being thrown right into the fire. Um, I like the move, throw Dalton out there, throw the red rifle out there. Let him, let's see what he can do. You know, he looked pretty decent during the preseason. Um, let's see what he can do. There's nothing to lose. And if, if Dalton struggles, let's throw the kid in there. And some people are saying by halftime, <laughs> I saw some people saying, Oh, he'll be in by halftime. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I, 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 th- I think you need to trust Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton 
you know, he can be on a tear for a little while. And we've, we've seen that with Andy Dalton before. Um, he could be on the tier, but this rookie of the year nods. Now Mac Jones has entered that fray because he wasn't in the discussion before because everybody thought Cam Newton was going to be this starter. I had said on your show, I said, I give him till week four. It's his job to lose. Um, yep. Now it's now because of this COVID thing, like I said, it lost his job in my opinion. Um, but now you've got, you know, a lot of rookies out here that's going to be vying for this rookie of the year. You've got now three quarterbacks who are potential rookie of the years got, um, you had a rookie running back, but now he's done for the season. The Ravens running back. Yep. He, he went down with an ACL tear. He's all done. So you could take him out. So I think it's going to pretty much kind of come down on offense to these three. It might just be these three quarterbacks leading the race for those nods. Rookie of the year contention. Well, let's look. Well, look at it this way, though. You, you know, it's it makes sense to put Mac in on that conversation because this is the kid who's coming off of winning a national championship. Did folks forget that? That's right. The kid had a sensational season, forty-one touchdowns, and he had. And here's the other thing, and I get it. It's college football, and college it's a different speed, but the kid shined. And you're talking a pro offense as well. You know, and the, you know, and you're on the guides, and everybody just crows about this kid. Everybody, it can't, it just can't be folklore. There has to be some substance to it. So yeah, I, I see him. I see him. You know, and and under you know McDaniel's. That's the other thing. And, and I've heard some. Of, I heard some of the talk show hosts talking about it. And I think that they're spot on. And that is, is you know, Jeff McDaniel's. You know, this is a guy who, yeah. You know, eh, you know, some NFL owners have a bad taste in their mouths because, you know, like the Colts, you know, he was basically going to become the, the, uh, the Indiana, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, head coach and decided he pulled out. He's like, yeah, I don't want, I don't want the job. You know, mm-hmm. I think he wants to get back and I think he wants to be a head coach. Does he want to be a head coach of new England? If, if bill steps aside, I think so. But I, I think this is his opportunity to, to groom the next Tom Brady, and and really cement his legacy as an OC and a potentially uh, you know um, future head coach of the Patriots. Mm. Yeah, I, I think you're right there. I agree with you there. And 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 I just pulled something up, guys. I just thought of something. <laughs> we we're here talking about Week Four as being a humongous game here in the in in Patriots NFL. Humongous. But now, with this situation, people, guess what we have now as a key matchup? And this is huge. This may even be bigger. Uh-oh. Week 17, January 2nd, Sunday afternoon, 1 p.m., the Patriots here at home are taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's going to be Ooh. Mac Jones against Trevor Lawrence. That's gonna be a that game has playoff contention. So now you've now you gotta circle that effing game on your calendar this season. Oh, oh, oh. oh. You know, hold on. Do you think do you really think that Urban Meyer can lead Jacksonville to a, a playoff spot in his first season? Let's see how Trevor Lawrence performs. Let's see. Okay. But again, I'm I'm to be honest, I'm still circling this game on my calendar. This is this is a huge game. 
huge game. And 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 that's January second. Again, people forget that we've now added one week to the regular season. We only had three right. weeks in the preseason, so our season now goes all the way into January ninth. Um, closing out with the Colts, but that January second game is here. Jacksonville, a warm team, is coming here. It's look January second. He's cold. <laughs> just mm. face it. Just face it. It's cold here. <laughs> the day after New Year's is cold. People are aggravated because they're hungover. <laughs> yep. You know, it's after New Year's Day. Um, it is rough. So circle that on your calendar, people. Week seventeen. That is Jacksonville coming here. That is going to be possibly Trevor Lawrence against Mac Jones. That's another big game to circle. So let's let's look at this. So we've got Mac Jones as our starter right now. We've got 15 minutes. Let's break this down. Week one, we open against Houston, who still hasn't made a decision. They've still got their thing down there with Deshaun Watson. That's a winnable game for Mac Jones in this. Wait, 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 wait. I, I think that Cam Newton is going to sign with Houston. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't that be crazy? Wouldn't that be crazy? Wouldn't that be crazy? But, but is it worth the I, risk? I think, I think I might know the GM in the front office. And Nick Casario, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll bet you if there was anywhere that he would land, that, that Cam, uh, Cam Newton would land, would either be Houston or Indy. Mm, I have a feeling he's Houston, down south climate. I think I think so too. Could be that and that would be real interesting. If if Kim goes to Houston, that makes that game interesting now because you would have to wonder if Deshaun's situation isn't cleared up, Cam would obviously be the starter down in Houston. Uh yep. week two, we go to Denver. Um I think that's a winnable game. Arizona, week three, that's tough. I mean, oh wait a minute! Hold on, I'm in, I'm in the wrong. I'm still in the Jaguars. Yeah, because I thought Miami was the first game. I'm in the Jaguars schedule. Oh, silly you can't me. Be doing that. That's silly. I'm me, like bro. I'm used to wait. <laughs> yeah, I that, believe it's the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm looking at this and I'm at like, home. wait a minute, we're not we're not starting again. Uh, Pat's 2021 schedule. Pull this up. I forgot to get out of. Okay, yeah, it's the Dolphins. Winnable game. Mac Jones. All right. Winnable game for Mac Jones. Then you got the Jets. So right out the gate, he's got two AFC East games. He's got the Dolphins and the Jets. He's got to take yeah. those two, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And then before Tampa Bay comes to town, he's got the Saints, who we always kind of have a tough time with defensively. Saints always get after it, us defensively. And here's what's and here's what's interesting is you're talking about three teams with three young quarterbacks. You know, and they're all, yeah, you know, right. uh, you know, two is going to be, two is going to be taking the helm. You know, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, a guy with a scruffy beard is going to be looking, he's going to be looking over his shoulder at, he's gone. He's in Washington. Right. Yeah. And then you got a, you know, you got a young kid, you got a young kid who's starting uh, in uh, for, for the jets. And then Jameis Winston, you know, the deposed bucks quarterback who was able to, you know, get himself a starting gig with new Orleans. Now, is that going to game? Is that is that game going to be in New Orleans? Is that going to be elsewhere? Uh, I believe that game is that game. That, that game's in New. Orleans. Looking it up right that now. May, that might be that might be at another no, stadium. No, they're here. Another. Saints are Saints are here. Saints are here. So Saints and Saints and Bucks are here. Yep. 
two weeks ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, two NFC games. Wow. Both NFC teams are here. Um, Dolphins game is here, here because that's the home open, and then the the Jets they'll be in the Jets. So, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think there's a real good. There's a real good chance that the Patriots could be going into that game two and one, three and zero. Oh. Yeah, 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 and that's still a good look. That's still a good look. So we'll we'll okay, we'll but... see. We'll keep an eye on it. Like I said, by week four, and then after week four, we have you know you got the the Bucks, and then it's the Texans. They play the Texans week five. Week okay. five is the Texans, and then the Cowboys week six. Um, for some reason, Dak Prescott is being projected to be the guy this year. Everybody's got him projected to finish high in the NFL this year. I don't know what the deal is with that. Um, but yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on this. He's due. He's, He's due to pop. That's the thing. Yes. Yes. He is. He's due. But, but, but coming back after that ink, that, that ugly, ugly ankle injury. And then mm. he got to throw out the preseason with a, with a shoulder issue. Yeah. And they've got the Jets. And then they've got the Patriots and Chargers. Oh, no. They're playing the Patriots, are playing the Chargers. So I'm pretty sure if we're watching this show right now, I took my son, my oldest, Tyreek, who's a Philadelphia fan, I took him to Philadelphia Lincoln Financial Field to finally see the Patriots take on Philly. I'm going to start this clock because I'm pretty sure my son Terrell, my youngest, he is a Chargers fan. And on Halloween night at 4 o'clock, the Patriots will be playing the Chargers in L.A. Ooh. My question is, as a dad, do I make both my kids happy in the same season? Get these tickets and go to L.A. See Why them not? play the Chargers at SoFi Stadium. Do it. <sighs> Put that money down. <laughs> Put a mask on. I got, Put a mask I got, on and go out there. I got till October thirty first to make this ish happen. Right, you got and another exciting young quarterback. You know, at the helm of the Chargers. They, I don't know why they can't seem to get it done. That kid threw the ball. He threw the hell out of the ball last year. He was my fantasy quarterback yeah. last year. He saved my was ass he? last year. Yes, I drafted him, and I didn't think. I thought he was going to end up being my backup, and he ended up becoming my starter. So we'll see. But that's 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 October thirty first, and yep. then after the Chargers, they've got the Panthers, the Browns, the Falcons. Their next tough matchup will be the Titans. After that, and then wow, the Bills. This year, the Bills are late in the season, and it's almost back to back. The Patriots will play the Titans. They'll play Buffalo. They'll play the Colts, and then they play the Bills a week after that. Wow, that's weird scheduling right there. So I don't, I don't wow. see what I don't see what that. Well, I guess they're figuring the Bills were the better team last year, um, and I think maybe they're looking for ratings uh, December sixth and Christmas, the day after Christmas. So the day after Christmas, the Patriots will play the Bills. So I think the NFL's idea of scheduling that those two games close together maybe playoff contention maybe i don't i don't know you could be battling you it could be could be for afc east supremacy yeah 
Yeah, that's so that you know? mark those on your calendar, people. If you're looking at this schedule here, uh, Patriots are taking the Bills within. That, that's interesting. Sometimes it's interesting too. You know, Belichick he doesn't like to show the whole book on that first matchup. Right. You know, sometimes he we've seen this with him, and then the Jaguars on January second, as we said, and, and January 9th, they close out the season with the Dolphins, and who I say every year the Patriots split. The Patriots always split with the Dolphins. When you look at the record, every year they split last year as usual. <laughs> um, and that's kind of where we're headed. So we've given predictions. What do you think? Over 500 this year with Mac Jones? Well, no, I'm, I'm going I'm to flip the script on you. And I'm going to ask you, prior to this announcement today, in your head figuratively, what did you? What number would you say you saw for win total if you had a Cam Mac Jones quarterback room? What were you saying? What were you thinking? I I I hate to say this, but I think Cam Newton. Um, I think we would have went. Well, we can't say eight and eight no more because we've got the added week. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot of eight nine. <laughs> It's either eight, nine, or nine and eight. A lot of people I've been seeing making predictions, and I'm like, uh, we got 17 weeks this year, people. Uh, yeah, don't forget. <laughs> so I don't want to make that mistake, people, right here on the air live. Um, I, I hate to say this, but eight and nine with Cam. I hate to say really? this. That, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, see, I'm, I, I thought, I hate to say it, but I think with all the, with the, with the you know, Spending nearly three hundred million dollars in contracts mm-hmm. in the off season. I mean, Patriots didn't mess around when it came to throwing the dough around. Right. I was thinking it was easily going to be it was going to buy you a couple of extra wins, maybe buy you nine or ten wins easily. You, so I, I, I kind of lean your way. I, I I feel you. Yeah. I feel you when you look at that okay, defense. Now, with that defense, but yeah, now with I'm Mac Jones, now. a young kid, he's hungry. Um, he's got a lot of potential. He's got a lot of upside. I'm looking at this team now, maybe eleven and six. Ooh, eleven and six. I, I'm I'm pushing eleven and six. And, I feel you. And and I'll tell you right now, if he keeps his composure, week four. If this kid does the, if this kid turns around and and goes up against the goat, and if he can come out of this with a win. The legend killer. I, I, I look. I'm going to give them. I'm going to give them 12 wins. I, I'll give him one wow. more win. If if he beats, if they beat the Bucks, I'm going to give him one I'm more right. win. I, I I think I'm giving them 12 wins. With this, I, but, I'm right but, there with you. But I think three of those 12 are going to come off of defensive wins, and maybe two oh, yeah. will come off of two will come off a of running game win. Because I think our running game is going to be. Yeah, I think we're going to see some 100 and 150. Maybe we might even see a 200 yard of this. Yeah, you've got, you've got you've got you've got you've got a three three headed monster back there. Um, you know, with with Harris and Taylor, um, it, it's just it's phenomenal. It really is. Yeah, um, we, and I, I think you're right. And you had you had mentioned it earlier on in the show is kind of the key. It isn't necessarily that we have you know, Nick Chubb's the backfield. It's not that they have, they have some, they have some beef on the O line and they get some guys who can, you know, who can open holes or, or be able to buy time 
for their guy in the pocket. And, you know, it, it's it, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, the, the, I, I, I've been telling people, I'm like, you guys, I think it's the O-line. I, t- I talked to somebody the other day, and I says, hey, I think it's this O-line. I don't think it's the running yeah. backs. I think it's the O-line. And here's the thing. It, they're not only getting the push and, sh- and shove. They're, they're holding guys and keeping them at bay so they can get to the outside. Guys are getting to the outside with the, in that screen. It opens that screen back up. It's It's scary. Guys, people, pay attention to the O-line. I'm telling you, I think that's where this success is. And I think we've been waiting for this because a couple of these guys have been injured, um, and Belichick has been moving guys left to right, and I think he's finally got what he wants. You also think that letting um, the offensive line coach, and I forget his name, I'm forgetting his name, I think that played into it also. I think that was another key. Um no. They let the offensive line coach go two years ago, I believe it was. He was retired. It two years ago, a year ago. I, I, oh, oh, you told uh, Dante Scanekia. Yeah. Was that the, before COVID or was it the season before the COVID? Yeah, it was prior to COVID. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. He was. He would do. He he came back until they could find a successor, and I want to say that they actually had coaching by committee for the offensive line, and I think because of COVID, one of the one of the, and I, I could be wrong, but I want to say that they had a couple of offensive line coaches. They were like, almost like with, you know, you get Belichick's kid and Jared Mayo, Gerard Mayo, Oof. who are kind of like, they're the, you know, they're the defensive, defensive coordinators. Yeah. 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 I think it's the same thing with offense, with the, um, when it comes to the offensive um, line is you had, and they actually had one of the individuals who did not want to get a COVID test. So they're like, okay, we got to, we got to boot you. Yeah, yeah, they're not. A lot of these teams aren't playing around. They, they, you know, you either get it or you're gone. Um, like I said, the NFL Players Union is leaning more towards. It looks like they're gonna back the NFL in their decision making. Um, you brought up the coaching staff before we can get out of here. I just want to touch base on the coaching staff for people who don't realize this. Um, the Patriots coaching staff has some recognizable names of guys with success. Um, as far as the running back coach goes, Ivan Fears is the running back coach. He's oh been, my God, he's you know he's been a good solid Fantastic. coach. But at wide receiver, a lot of people don't know this, but legendary wide receiver Troy Brown is the coach of the wide receivers. And I mentioned this on the show two weeks ago. I said, if you guys don't understand the amount of knowledge that these receivers are getting from a guy like Troy Brown, who played both sides of the ball successfully. Um, Guy looked like he was still in shape. Your thoughts? I mean, we we were involved with a lot of Troy Brown uh, softball games and Kevin Falk yep. softball games. Kevin Falk, yep. Yep. So, um, what are your thoughts on the fact of Troy Brown being a wide receivers coach? Well, there's a, there's a little known secret that nobody knows. Shh, don't tell anybody. But I believe what Belichick's kid, who is a, uh, I think coaches one of the, the coaches the defensive backs, when Belichick's kid goes to the bathroom, Troy doubles as the defensive back uh, coach as well. Ooh. Ooh. That's it. That's it. I'm just I'm just joking. I'm only saying that because we know I mean he's versatile. I mean he because Troy he, had picks he had that one season that he, he Yeah. He, he put Troy picks. in you know, on he, defense and he had picks. And I remember Foxborough exploded when he had those picks. And they weren't just both sides of the ball. Yeah. This was a guy he played both sides of the ball. He kicked ass. And um it's great stuff. Up we actually eight fifty six is coming up. Uh, we got to get ready to get out of here. Kevin Tachi, WATD. Um, real quick, I got to talk to you before we get out of here. 
um, election is coming up fast, faster than we always realize. Um, oh, you mean the uh, the city of Brockton preliminaries? What do you What do you got real quick for us, man? I know you're going to be handling all of that coming up in September and November. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, if I'm correct, so I think I think you'll have Mayor Sullivan and I think Tina Cardoso. Those will be the two that will be on the general election ballot. I think they'll be successful. Uh, I think you'll have the three at-large counselors um, find their way on the ballot. I think uh, Jean Bradley Durancourt will be somehow in that uh, that mix as well. Ooh, um, it's going to be interesting. You get, <clears throat> yeah. And then you, I want to say the one of the race, one race that I'm watching, watching Ward 6, because Ward 6 and Ward 3, because you That's, have multiple suitors. 6 is Jack Lally, right? That's Jack That's Lally. Yes, and I forget yep. who he's yep. going against. But and yes. remember, you get a... So I believe that there are three that are seeking the seat. You can only have two on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what happens. I think Jack is resilient, and he's he'll he'll return. It'll be interesting to see who will join him uh, on the November ballot. And then Ward Three, I believe, uh, Dennis Ian Airy, uh, the dean of the city council, uh, will uh, he's not seeking re-election. So you're gonna have some you're gonna have some new blood. I thought, and I thought Dennis. I thought Dennis. The rumor originally was he was going to step back, and um, I guess not. I guess it's not happening. Um, When Farwell is still tossing it around. Um, Yep. But before we get out of here, it's funny because you know I I I follow and you know I've been a big a supporter of um, Michelle Dubois, and I've actually got to reach out to her because Michelle Dubois actually just jumped on a post that Jack Lally put up about a, a piece of property that's being turned into a restaurant. And they kind of, they were kind of going back and forth. So I've got to get her on, or maybe you might've seen it, but they were going back and forth over the lit, the old lit. And I was kind of like, I, how do we bash a new business? That's going to help that area. I didn't understand her whole thing. I, I'm like, damn, I got to get her and, and, and talk to her and ask her. I know her and Jack don't get along. But I just gotta find out. I gotta find out and get into that. So you did see it. You saw it too, correct? It, it I did. Was yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty ugly so, well, stuff. The, well, the, I think the ugly, the ugly, and this is just just my two cents. Is you know, I believe that when the representative, you know, she when she was successful and was elected to the uh, state rep seat for the tenth Plymouth district, um, that she helped and supported Jack's campaign, and then you know, then to have Jack run against her. Uh, nearly two years ago, or near a year and a year and a half ago, I, I think that kind of you know any kind of relationship, I think it it actually hurt it. Yeah, and so maybe a little, a little bit more adversarial now than than uh, being friendly. I just I just found it weird because she's been all about new business, and I'm like, why is she knocking new business? And then she made a statement and said, this, and this is coming from her statement. She said on Facebook, the residents don't want that down there, and I'm like, really? I'm like, I I, I I wouldn't think that they wouldn't want a nice new restaurant down there. Well, you get rid of the eyesore that's been there. And we know yep. Brockton has a lot of places that have, let's be honest here, Brockton has a lot of places that have bodies attached to it. It has a stigma that you got to get rid of. And to yep. be honest, what a better way to get rid of stigma by putting a new place in that whole spot, to be honest. I, I think you so get let's rid start of new plant. Let's plant the seeds and, and let's see what grows. So how can people listen to you, Kevin? You're on WATD, you got your show on Monday nights. Let them know. Yeah, we're uh, getting ready to celebrate 10 years behind the microphone, the Monday night talk. And uh, it's uh, every Monday. 
Uh, the name says it all uh, from 615 to 8. And we talk everything from local politics, state officials, to uh, things that are happening in and around the community, to pop culture things and sports. So please tune in. 959-WATD and the former 1460 AM. It's now called WBMS. It used to be WBET. Yeah. WXBR, our, our former home. And I've been seeing I've been seeing Dennis post a lot about that 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 network. I didn't know exactly yep. what was going on, but I saw that that was uh, that was up there. They've been doing some programming, solid programming, yep. and um, yep. Can't wait. One hundred one point one FM. One hundred one point one the FM translator that can be heard in in the Brockton area. Nice, 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 good stuff. So, Kevin, I either thank you for coming on. It's nine o'clock. We're gonna get ready to get out of here. Um, again, week four. Mark it on your calendars, but yeah, Patriot season is going to be starting real soon. And uh, the booth is out of here. Thank you, SpongeBob. Take us home. Well, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to The Booth on Hoobazoo and HatcherRadio.com. Please follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. The Booth is a Sinister One production hosted by Sinister One. I've got to start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics and stuff. It's just that I'm up on this level up here and all my friends are down here. Me, nah. You guys, nah. Maybe a little more down, down in here. Screw you guys, I'm going home. I smoke, I drink, I do my thing. These bitches hating, so you know I got to make it plain. Don't do cocaine with your chick, my main. We stick together, true forever, yeah, you know we bang. I miss those days, which was easy. If only I made it, you don't repeat. Now that I done upgraded, I've been upstate and y'all think I'm playing. And I gotta hit now for these weak ass hoes who think I ain't slaying. Try me, try me, and I'll probably end up laughing cause I never back down. I'm that chick with a clean ass whip. I don't need that shit. I got my own now. I get hurt, I get tired of fussing, fighting, guess I gotta crack down. Don't mess with me, cause on everything, I'ma have to bring the whole city out. W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O, that's it, was it, I come. W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O, that's it, was it, I come.